That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. Hopefully you can see my face. I am a Commodore, as always, your host, and uh, with me, hopefully, again, if, if everything is going right technically, you can see Rue on the other side as well. Not my um, fault. Not my fault this time. It's not your fault this time. I think we broke the internet. We even had to, like, shop competitive products before the uh, <laughs> before our broadcast medium would cooperate. Yeah, a little bit of inside uh, baseball, but normally we use Skype to bring in Kami to this uh, yes. this little matriculation we, we like to call a show. Yes. And uh, we're like, this is not working. This is garbage. You look like a Salvador Dali painting. Yeah. So I was like, it was not let's try Google Hangouts. As soon as we boot up Google Hangouts, Skype is like, okay, I'll play good. There we go. Yeah. And so there we go. Um, they, I'm sure you all. Hopefully that. that won't happen every time. I, you know, I, I don't know what the deal is. I'm not sure why Skype was was acting the way that it was. Hopefully that will <clears throat> fix itself. But folks, this is going to be a special show because it's almost like a ticking time bomb. I just want to let you, all of you know that at any moment I could turn into a Salvador Dali painting, and <laughs> this whole show could just go completely tango uniform. And we'll see you next time. But hopefully that won't happen. Okay, so, so we're gonna keep we're gonna keep things on, moving. And on top of that, um, we ha- we had a shortened show on on tap anyway. So yes, we had a shortened show on tap, and it could end at any moment. So just hold on to your seats tonight for the Echo Screen Live, where we are going to talk about the topic du jour this evening, which is the mobile bubble. There's a couple different meanings to that, but but really we want to talk about the mobile games and how ridiculously overpriced they are and overvalued they are. Um, and uh, but before we do that, I do want to talk about. I know we're we're short in program. We don't want to talk about a lot of news and notes, but I do want to bring up one thing that I think is really good for you and for me. Yes. Have you heard the Muffin Man of of the Muffin Man who lives on Drury Lane? No, uh, that too. But have you heard of the Kickstarter to reboot Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand with Joel Hogson? No, I didn't know that was a thing. Okay, well, as of yesterday, there is a Kickstarter to reboot Mystery Science Theater 3000 with the original creator, Joel Hodgson, who is trying to uh, get about $2 million, I think, to make three episodes, and I think it's like $5 million to do 12. I I don't remember Mm. all that. $1.2 million pledged toward the $2 million goal. Pretty good in Mm. about two days. Uh, Mike was better than Joel, though. Mike was much better than Joel, and Mike is not attached to this, which is why I wanted to bring this to your attention. Yeah, and aren't uh, I can't think of their names? The guys, um, the guys who do riff tracks with Mike Nelson. Yes. I can't Bill remember. Bill Corbett. Thank you. And and the other guy. Yeah. Damn it! Those, if you hadn't asked, me, I would have known. As, I followed them both on Twitter. I but but those it. three are those three do riff tracks, and yes. then meanwhile Joel Hodgson does cinematic Titanic. I think. Yeah, something like that. Which and, is something and with similar. Mary H. Joel Peel. Yeah, it's like with the other half of the of the MST3K yeah. crew. So that's interesting. The guy like like a, it's like a friendly rivalry rivalry going on between those guys. So yeah, uh, yeah, and, and so I I do follow Mike on uh, on Twitter because mm-hmm. Mike is is my favorite host of MST3K because he's just awesome. Yeah, and uh, Kevin Murphy. And, Thank you. Um, Thank you. So um, uh, Mike t- did tweet yesterday that uh, basically he was just a hired gun with Mystery Science Theater 3000. He mm-hmm. hasn't made a dime off of that show since it went off the air. Um, it coming back means really nothing to him. 
and he wishes him the best of luck, but it doesn't have anything to do with him. And as a result, I'll be honest with you, this is why I was, I was bringing up good news because I thought you'd be excited, but I think you probably had the same reaction that I did. If you don't have Mike and you don't have Kevin Murphy and you don't have Bill Corbett, I, I probably won't put any money toward it. Well, I... As I mentioned a few episodes ago, I've only put one my money toward one thing on an on a Kickstarter slash Indiegogo project. It was for mm-hmm. hot sauce, and you know yes. what? I got my hot sauce. It's damn good hot sauce. It's damn good hot sauce. <laughs> damn it, I got my hot sauce. That's all that matters. You know, I didn't put it toward any lofty goals of some MMORPG five years from now, and you got to pay fifty thousand dollars to get a starship to to troll the wasteland, blah, 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 and selling it on dreams and unicorn horns. No, it was hot sauce. Yeah. I bought, right. I paid 10 bucks. I got some hot sauce. I feel good. And you got your damn hot sauce. I got my damn hot sauce. So um, stuff anyway, like this. I just, yeah. I mean, I, 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 it's nice to hear, but I, I won't be putting money toward it. It's nice to hear too. I wish Joel all the best of luck with it. I probably would even consume <laughs> it if it comes through the right medium, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to contribute any money to it. I'm sure he'll do uh, fine. Yeah. And meanwhile, you know, if if you want the the kind of new crew, MST3K folks, check out Rift Tracks, which are awesome, by the way. Um, okay, let's get to the topic du jour. We're way late. We're way it's late. Time to make up some time. We were really way late by high women. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't or, know. I, I, don't, I mean maybe well, you can oh, stretch it that way. Complete distraction from the yeah. from the topic, but why not? We already started. <clears throat> yeah, sure. So we've talked before about how much we love Hardcore History, which is a podcast done by um, by What's-His-Face. That I've never even consumed. Never mind. I love yes. it. I've told yes, you to love it. Say. That's what I yes. was thinking. You told me, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, hardcore History. Uh, can't think of the name of the guy, but you guys should check this, it out. This train is derailing fast. It is. Anyway, I've, I've picked up another. I, I've gone through all this. I've picked up another podcast called Revolutions. Revolutions. It's a little bit drier. But still okay. like a dry sense of humor, so it's still good. Uh, not not as like in your face, exciting painting pictures of stuff, but it's still good. And I get I, you'll never guess what the topic is. Revolutions. Revolutions. So he's done, Dan Carlin. Thank you. He does hardcore history, and I can't. I don't know the name of the guy who does revolutions, but it's good. He's done the. Uh, he's done fifteen episodes on the British Revolution, or I'm sorry, the British Civil War, English Civil mm-hmm. War. Nice. He did 15 episodes on the American Revolution, which was really good. And he's in the middle of the French Revolution. And he's, I think he's at like yeah. 55 episodes or so, <laughs> which is. Wow. Because the French Revolution is freaking complicated. Uh, I, yeah. I never personally knew much about the French Revolution just because. <laughs> well, why would you? Why would I? <laughs> but I was always been a little interested. You know, all I know is like a lot of people die. And it's super complicated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so it's very helpful. It's a good pro- podcast. I, I suggest it if you like history. Um, anyway, I, I just, just wanted to say uh, that I just out bought there. a couple of books about uh, the War of the Roses because I miss reading Game of Thrones. Does that count for anything? No. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't have the same intelligent content that you have. <laughs> uh, when you said revolutions, the first thing I thought of was maybe they were going to chronicle the punk revolution in uh, England in the, in the, in the mid-1970s. Well, there was a revolution in England that you covered, but. I would I would be a fan of that. Anyway, that, let me know. Anyway, um, okay. The actual topic, in case this podcast dies in thirty seconds, we we that we're actually trying to get to here before this whole thing just blows up, is mobile gaming and specifically well, the mobile bubble that we see. Really I, I, I would actually up. open it up to the kind of tech bubble we're seeing in mobile in general, not even just gaming. I mean, so mm-hmm. so so let me go ahead and. I'll dump 
I'll dump dump. I'll dump into this feet first, if you know what I mean. Yes. Um, uh, no. Go ahead. So we have there was this news that came out about a week ago. Uh, you may or may not have heard about uh, Activision purchasing uh, bah, 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 Candy Crush or King, I should say, King, who right. makes Candy Crush. And yes. they paid five point nine billion dollars for King. They also make Bubble Witch Saga. Yeah, so but they're really I mean, they're anyway. really knit what? Well, bubble, bubble witch saga. I thought that was an interesting connection. Oh, go bubble. Ahead, I guess I, yeah. I thought it's yeah, like a double entendre. No, yeah, no, good. Yeah, I know. That's fine. Sexy witch. Anyway. Yep. No, no bubble witch. Got it. Um. Anyway, the point being is that five point nine billion dollars is an insane amount of money to think about. Yes. For yes, for for some comparisons, Disney paid for Lucasfilm, which is. All the Star Wars properties, all the LucasArts video game properties, everything. Everything. $4 billion. Lock, stock, and barrel. $4 billion. One of the most successful franchises in the history of American cinema and all the accoutrement that surrounds it. Yep. And all of the franchises that were offshoots and or, you know, intellectual property. Of Lucas film, four billion dollars, four billion bucks. So you could have bought, you could have bought. In theory, Activision could have bought the Star Wars, the rights to Star Wars and everything attached to it, and still had another two billion dollars to play around with instead of buying King. Yes. Also, which makes like four games. Microsoft bought Mojang, yes, which makes Minecraft. Which, if you pay any attention to children nowadays, or, or not even children, but the thing is. Minecraft is quite possibly the biggest video game uh, in the past 15 years. Uh, absolutely. It, it, just in terms of... Still is, to a certain Severe extent. popularity. I mean, it, it yeah. is basically like, for kids, it is basically like Pokemon was in the late 90s. You know, yeah. po- Pokemon's or, still, Pokemon is still popular, but in the late 90s, yeah. it was everywhere. You could yeah. not escape oh, it. Right. Cultural phenomenon. Everything is Minecraft. Everything, I mean, the video games obviously sell well, but it's also all of the... Merchant, the merchandising, where the real money from the movie is made, and, right? And that was two point five billion. So, so do wow. you see where I'm getting here mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a mobile game, which is basically a bejeweled ripoff? Yes, and we can argue about that, but it's basically a bejeweled ripoff. My, yeah, but so hold on. So now let's let's think about this. Okay. So uh, I'm just going to take a devil's advocate. Well, I, okay. Sorry. Before you take the devil's advocate, yep. let me at least lay out my thesis. Okay, go ahead. Are you freaking kidding me? That's my thesis. Okay. I, I, I mean, if well, you, I can't really argue with that. That's a question. <laughs> you can't. So. It's a, it's a, it's a, I, I'm a little, I'm a little hot at this. I don't know why. It's just like one of those things I was telling you before the show when we were, you know, trying to get Skype to work. Um, this reminds me of the, the housing bubble circa 2006, which is when it was pretty much at its peak where it's not like at least in America, it's not like people were looking around being like, wow, we're totally not in a housing bubble. No, it was like there were there were news stories every week. Hey, yeah. this housing bubble is getting crazy. When's it going to burst? Way overvalued. And everyone's just like, eh, okay, I'm going to pay. Mortgages. Let me buy this billion or this million dollar house in uh, the middle of the desert in Arizona. Whatever. This is going right. to be fine. Yeah. And then crash. I can sell it. People find it. And it's the same thing going on here. It's like people, people, except for those insulated in Silicon Valley, are like, what the hell is going on? Why are people over, like, 
I'll just go ahead and say overvaluing these companies, many of which have never even turned a profit. Uh, Silicon Valley is now we're getting away from mobile here. Well, I'm mostly sticking on mobile. And okay, let me say one thing. Candy Crush definitely turns in a lot of revenue. Here's the question. How much how long is that going to really go? You know, ask just just ask Rovio. Rovio. Angry Birds makes ask ask. um, Well, I mean, I think to a certain extent, ask Mojang if they were still around, how much money they get from from Minecraft subscriptions now. I mean, it's probably uh, still decent. But I mean, the thing here, about World of Warcraft, how, well, how many subscriptions they have now? Where Blizzard's no, you know, same company, Activision Blizzard, right? And they're they're not right. going to be talking about their subscriptions anymore. But I mean, this is my point, right? Look I mean, at, to a certain extent, aren't they watching their own? I mean, the thing is, is that look at Zynga, look at the rise and fall of Zynga. Zynga. It's a perfect example. And just Zynga as and as a microcosm of that, look at OMG Pop, which was huge yes. for like a year. Withdraw something. Yes. They were bought out by Zynga for $180 million, which looks like peanuts compared to this. Oh, yeah. $180 million. Boom. There you go. And then what happens like a year later? Dead. They 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 laid off everyone and killed the, killed the company and all of its games because if, it had died. If there's if something happens culturally tomorrow, this and is this a, is this is a problem with a, with a cultural phenomenon and not just a commodities phenomenon. OK. But if I if if something happens culturally tomorrow where let's say something really bad happens with Facebook and you find out that it's possible that Facebook is exposing all of your information to very nefarious people. Would you I think you, along with a lot of other people, me included, would get the hell off of there as fast as we possibly could. If if Facebook lost 50 percent of its users tomorrow, would it be worth anything? Well, the question is, how much is it really worth now? Is that an inflated I, value? Of course, it's an inflated value, but it's an inflated <laughs> value because it's it, because you're you're banking on the fact that a a it's almost like a speculation with oil, right? It's like you're speculating to a certain extent that the users that are there today are going to be there tomorrow, and they're going to be consuming more of this platform than they consume today tomorrow. Right, mm-hmm. because it's not—it's not necessarily how much revenue is Candy Crush bringing in. It's—it's a—it's a—you know—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a cash cow. It's, it's doing very well. But can will people continue to buy? Because that's how they make their money, right? They make their money by you know. It's not just like, you know, mom leaves the phone in the kid's hands and the kid just starts buying you know more lives and whatnot, just spending on the credit card. You know, th- th- people spend thousands of dollars in these games. Some do. Yeah. See, the 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 the, the free to play episode of South Park explains it quite well. Oh yeah, but um, but I think you know it, it, it's tremendously overvalued because they're looking at just hey, can we? They're saying if people are still playing this game at this rate, then we're going to be able to see that this percentage of people are going to spend a thousand dollars or more, and if that percentage of people spend a thousand dollars or more in this game, then everything's going to be fine, and we're going to make our money back. Well. Mobile games, what, what you're, what I think we're really talking about, and mobile in general, and what we've seen in the past is incredibly fickle. Mm-hmm. It's an incredibly fickle marketplace. Flappy Bird goes up, and all of a sudden, everybody forgets about what they were playing the day before. Right. In a day, it just stops. Which right? is, I mean, and it's that's for a terrible game. It doesn't matter because it just it just grabs the zeitgeist for a little while. 
and and you know what? It made that guy a lot of money. This this, this no one programmer from Vietnam suddenly right. had a ton of money dumped into his right. lap. And he was making millions of dollars a day. And you know what? That's fine. That is, yeah. there, there's nothing wrong with that as a nothing business wrong. model. I mean, it's it's no. it's kind of like doing stuff on YouTube, frankly, which we know a little bit about. It's like you can make a good bit of money yourself on YouTube and by through ad revenue, whatever. It's good work if you can get it, but it's ephemeral. And for someone to come yes. by and say, oh man, that Flappy Bird, that's amazing. I'm going to pay a billion dollars for that is yeah. ridiculous. It's just because it caught that lightning in a bottle. This is this is the nature of mobile, not just gaming, but mobile apps in general, is that it's catching lightning in a bottle right now. It, it's, and it's ridiculous to value, value that at the high numbers it's being it is lately no question it's and i think classic white but when you buy normal software companies because this is a software company right Mm -hmm. yes you buy it because you want the intellectual property they have today you want the user base they have today that's nothing new it's mostly the user base but you also well that's really important with mobile right but with with when you buy software companies that traditionally hasn't been the most important part what becomes i think you know, important is, is kind of the pipeline of what you're buying. Like, can I take what they do and synergize it into maybe what I do and sell something that's, that's, you know, bigger and better and can attract more people. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it's to, but you know, it's why a lot of software companies get, get procured. My point is that is not even in the equation here. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason it's not in the equation is something that we talked about with the when we talked about uh, PlayStation Four. Like we talked, hey, PlayStation Four is being is incredibly successful, and no one at Sony knows why. <laughs> I bet you, if you go to King, like, like you and I know the basis behind Candy Crush. Now, I don't play Candy Crush with any kind of regularity. I w- I'm going to go out on a limb and say you don't either. No. Um, but you know, you know enough about it. I, why yeah, and I know people that, that play game, it. Why is that game so successful? Can you tell because me? Because it's fun and it's something that captures the zeitgeist for a little while and it'll go away. Right, right. But 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 my point is, if you and I had to sit down and do a critical analysis of Candy Crush, mm-hmm. inevitably, I think what you and I would find is exactly what you said. A novelty. Sure. But honestly, a, a formula that has been written, has been run over a million times and has an inevitable end to it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, if I if I bought a software company and I said, "Hey, great. This is what you guys did here. You captured novelty, everything we just said. Go make the second version of that or go go do another one." Mhm. And they have no idea how the hell they made the first game so successful? Then everybody's going to be like, "Uh, uh or, we can't make another one." That's pretty much what Zynga did. I, I mean, exactly. it, it's not it's like exactly. they don't know what they did. It's that okay. And I want to go back a little bit because in the comments, uh, JSC says, "Quote, guys, it's not just about one game or king, but development of future games and unlimited advertising." Okay, this is this is the this is the feedback that we get. This is why people in Silicon Valley say, "Ah, this is why it's worth it because these things." Right. Let's let's address one. We're already addressing the first one, which is. Development of future games. So, Candy Crush by King is very similar to a lot of other games. And a lot of other games that King makes is similar to a lot of other games. 
now, none of these games have anything particularly clever about them. I, I mean, I, they're fine. They're fine games. They're fine amusements. But there's draw something. Draw together. Draw together. What was it? Draw, draw something. something. Draw together. Yeah. Draw something was was actually a really great concept. It was, but but it wore out very quickly. Yes. It it, it wasn't something to base anything a business model off of. It's right. not. Yeah. Exactly. It's not. If you buy, if you buy Microsoft. Or hell, even Apple or or whatever. You can argue if Apple's really a software or a hardware company at this point. Um, both. both. L- okay, we'll stick with just software. If you went and bought Microsoft, one of the most famous software companies in the world, or Google, what are you mm-hmm. buying there? You are buying actual platforms and knowledge that is extraordinarily, singularly unique yes. in the world. And no a pipeline one, no of one else. Products that's in development. Yes, that is based off of that that no one else can mimic. I mean, Correct. you you have things. I mean, obviously, you have other operating systems. For example, you can use uh, that are comparable to Windows, but it's not. Yes. It is not Windows. I'm not trying not to. Windows. I'm not trying to. You know, say, oh my God, Microsoft's great. I'm just using an no. example, right? But they have hundreds of software engineers <clears throat> that work around the clock as their day job to develop these platforms to make and extremely to the future of these platforms. And this is a unique and important part of their business. Correct. Whereas. Candy Crush, and yeah. or a lot of these particular mobile games are frankly not very exciting. What is it about? What's unique and exciting about WhatsApp, which was bought for sixteen billion dollars by Facebook, that makes it worth sixteen billion dollars? What is so unique and special about that code? The answer nothing. is nothing. Frankly, nothing. nothing. So that goes to the second point of your your comment, which is they're buying the user base and unlimited advertising. That right. is true to a point. Right. How does that work out for uh, MySpace? Well, uh, you know, you're how, right. or, or the you're people right. who are on, who the, the millions and millions of people who are on Draw Something just two years ago. You know, right. these things, as we said, are ephemeral, and it's yes. foolish. It is fool's go- gold to buy something com- super super overvalued based solely on the user base. Because Six billion dollars on this company. To, mm-hmm. to put some terms to exactly what you're saying, six billion dollars in this company, basically. It, how, if if they they are going to have to basically string together, even to to break even with this deal, which is which will make it well over six billion at that point, I think. Is how do you know how much money are they going to have to make in order to 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 make that even break even? You're going to be talking about. Not just one billion dollars a year. You're going to have to be talking about two billion dollars a year, probably, and try to. And, and even at two billion dollars a year, which is much more than the company is making right now in all of its revenue. This is not profit. This is just revenue. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just to break even, and and you have to bank on the fact that that user base you're buying is going to be around f- three or four years from now. Mm-hmm. That's why it's fool's gold. That, that's to, to put some numbers into what you're talking about. That's why that is absolute folly. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, who, I mean, who can keep a user base on a game like that for four years? Right. And, and, and here's the, exactly here's the point. It's like, OK, for example, and I already said that Candy Crush by itself makes a lot of revenue in July 2013, yes. July 2013, two years ago, it yep. earned. $633,000 per day on iOS. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I would like to say 
in rebuttal, this is I actually really like this because it's true in almost anything. If something can't go on forever, it won't. Yes. It's as simple as that. Simple as that. So much of these mobile, not just games, but applications are lightning in a bottle and it is foolish to greatly overpay for it. And it, it, is, it is this strange haze that has taken over Silicon Valley lately because there's so much money flowing through there. People pay r- ridiculous sums of money, not just for companies, but no. all sorts of things. The, the land speculation market in San Francisco is crazy it is almost it it may be more expensive to live in san francisco than the island of manhattan right now Um, yes that is that is absolutely ridiculous it is ridiculous and it can't it's unsustainable right and i think that's kind of the point what you know how does this pan out over time right so so these things are tremendously overvalued the audiences are transient the concepts are ephemeral these are, you know, these are not cultural touchstones. They are simply little, little uh, pop cultural fads. What happens? What's the, uh, what's the end game here? What happens when this bubble bursts? Which it will, it will burst at some point. What does will it, happen? Does it sink a company like Activision Blizzard? <sighs> I don't. Which I, don't know. I, I think it's a huge entertainment company. The point. thing is that Activision Blizzard has enough thumbs and enough pies that I think it will be fine. The real interesting thing, and people have been talking about it for years, is what will happen with something like Facebook, which is frankly yeah. valued on its user base. It, it, that's, and that's all. I mean, that's you know, they about talk it. about, oh, we've got video views and we've got this. And it's like, yeah, but if you don't have users, then no one will use your stuff and you're not worth anything. Yeah. Um, Techie, Techie has this perfect in the in the comment section profitable mobile apps are like pop stars they burn very bright but only rare ones with actual merit will last for years and you know what there is absolutely nothing wrong with the business model of making a successful application mobile app or or program and selling it and making a lot of money that's great we're just saying it's folly for these other companies to say oh brilliant gonna buy that for 16 billion dollars and that'll that'll make me a profit Especially when it's based off of just the user base of that of a particular application. That's right. It's very That's very right. strange times we live in. I it is very strange times we live in. I, you know the, the the man the Silicon Valley topic you brought up is a whole other conversation. Um, you know I I follow a lot of that stuff pretty closely, and and there is a ton of money going through Silicon Valley still to this day. But you know what? People have kind of tightened the belt a little bit in just spending on everything now. Um, but this realm in particular, uh, that I think is very difficult to pin down, very difficult to pin a traditional business model on, um, is there could be some long reaching ramifications of this, right? Look at what happened with, for example, um, Ken Levine with Bioshock. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, left the AAA experience to go start basically his own company doing nothing but mobile games, right? Um, you know, I played Tribes for two years as a free-to-play model just because it was fun. You know, um, I, I, I hear ruminations of other very, very popular games. Uh, Quake Live, right, with Quake 3 went free-to-play. Now it's back to cost. But, you know, it, these, these concepts of, of kind of giving things away in order to attract giant user bases – I think is always going to have that that pop star um, arc to it, right? 
And that's a scary thought because it could it's already changed the, the business of video games as we know it. But it could it could also, just like the previous bubble did with video games, completely destroy the industry and have to allow it to try to rise from the ashes again. Which could be good for Nintendo. Maybe that'll be a great thing for Nintendo. It's interesting. It makes companies like Nintendo and Microsoft and even Sony look a lot more stable by comparison. Yeah, um, doesn't it? It is a, it is an exciting time to be in 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 Silicon Valley and mobile in mobile app development and things like that. It's very exciting, but it, oh man, it's it's gonna be rocky at some point. Um, I think so too. Anyway, right, uh, so I mean, we, we didn't even get into things like like how uh, uh, man, this in particular was interesting to me. Um, well, never mind. Fudge. I, I have too many. I have too many things open. Looking at it, um, basically how not WhatsApp, Snapchat. I think <laughs> Snapchat, <laughs> which is which re- keeps refusing buyouts. You know, from Facebook for for several billion dollars, they keep valuing, and they've never made a profit. Right, they've never made any profit. And how, you know, companies like that. There was something about oh, Fidelity, Fidelity. Uh, they marked down the value. They, they marked down the value of their investment in Snapchat by twenty five percent. Wow. Between July and September, based on the investment they've made. As someone who has their four hundred one months. Yeah, as someone who has their four hundred one k in Fidelity, can I please say, do not. Fidelity, yeah, don't please, do please don't put my money in these things. Please, I work for a company that makes things. Uh, yeah, it makes me sad to to see stuff like that, and I don't want to see it just go Enron on me. Um, no, and, and it just makes you think about about the the revenue numbers you see because it's it's really it really is unbelievable. Um, you know, the industry I'm in, we just saw we are seeing the largest corporate buyout slash merger of all time, which might fall apart because of tax law. But you're talking about $67 billion of acquisition, $5 billion a year, just in interest, right? Um, uh, I'm sorry, $2.5 billion a year in interest. That is staggeringly huge. These numbers can't continue. No, right? it, like I said, they just can't. I just want to wrap it up with, that's what I said before is if it can't go on forever, it won't. That's it. Anyway, these some of these companies right. need a VP of common sense just to basically say, what are you spending yeah. your money on? Um, or the uh, VP of generosity <clears throat> like they did over at uh, Vonage. Remember that guy? Or PC principal. Yeah, PC principal. <laughs> that's that's a, a detention for you. That's too detention, um, mister. I got I love that. that that's <laughs> such a great, great, great. We should do an episode just on how great South Park is, but South Park uh, <laughs> season has been phenomenal. They've been on it. You you, you are not caught up. The uh, the last one, no, not yeah. last one with uh, Craig and Tweak. That's all I'm going to say. Awesome. Okay. Amazing. I'm all. Anyway, um, all right, I, w- I do want to take some questions. I've, yes. I didn't tell you guys how to ask questions, so it's only the people that know. So they're they're throwing some questions out there, and they're good ones. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump all over this. We will uh, transition gently here. The stream hasn't crashed yet. Um, this is yeah. It was the Google Hangout uh, threat that did it for us. Yeah, it's 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 an absolute miracle. It's a Christmas miracle, early Christmas miracle. <laughs> um, okay, Lupicilla asks, Do you believe the U.S. game industry has become McDonaldized, mm. as in cheaply manufactured pro- products heavily marketed for profit? Now, 
before I that's before I chime in on that, right? That's not really with the meaning of McDonaldized, right? Uh, McDonaldized. McDonaldize is about consistency, so it's about mass production. It depends on how, yeah, it depends on how you look at it, really. Right, and and it's about standardization. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that if you go to a McDonald's in Washington State, it's going to be the same right. as you're gonna, your Big Mac's going to taste the same as it does in South Carolina. But it's definitely not about markup and product because it's very cheap margin product. So, but heavily marketed for profit um, is that really the mark of McDonaldization? I, I I don't know. Well, um, so so take the stand, take the word McDonald's McDonaldization, which is hard to say, out of it, yeah. and just yes. take the question at face value. Then, yeah, okay. um, I would say the mobile market. That's not a completely unfair thing to say. Yeah, but interestingly, the triple A market on consoles is becoming more and more bloated in terms that of in ter- and we talk, we've talked about this a lot in terms yes. of <clears throat> uh, budgets. And marketing and like whole, it is it is almost it is sadly common now for development studios to spend so much time and money on this big game, hundred million dollars, whatever, and then as soon as the game is launched, all right, belly up, that's it, that's that was all right. we spent it. All yep. right, next job or next yep. company, you know. Um, well, I think so look it's at interesting it, it, side by side. Yeah the 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 Call of Duty phenomenon might be the best example of of. McDonaldization of the video game industry in that it's a triple A title. It's got to come out every three years. It's got to look and feel this way, whether we have an iterative version or not. Um, it's kind of, you know, just throw out the same consistent product and people will continue to buy it hand over fist. Not working very well for McDonald's right now because their whole business models changed. But, um, but oh well, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. Um, ba, 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 ba. So this is a good question. Um, Psychopather asks, being the time I hop into the industry, not I hop as in uh, one word. I was talking I about hop pancakes. Yep. What do you think the gaming industry would look like in the year 2019? In the year 2019. 19, almost 20. Doesn't that make you feel old? Um <laughs> So, uh, Psychopather can't remember that skit on Conan O'Brien because he was like two. Yeah, he was like three years old. <laughs> so, um, so the game industry in 2019 mm. will probably look fairly similar, I think, to how it looks today, except that, um, yeah. you know, I, I think because you really, when you really think about it, I mean, it's 2015 right now. I don't know. 2019, I think there'll be more digital. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised at all to see the next console systems. I mean, we're really already seeing this with the Steam Box, right? Launching without any kind of medium media, uh, portable media whatsoever. It's all digital. It's all kind of compute based. It's all converged inside one box. You know, kind of the DVR phenomenon for for. Uh, how DVR has gone from like the set-top box concept to being so collapsed into the experience of TV. There's no spinning hard drives in it. There's no. I could see a lot of that stuff happening. Um, and in this in this concept, I think we're going to see a continuous explosion of mobile games that just go on and on and on until what happens is we get to the point where the cream can't even rise to the top anymore because there's just an absolute deluge. Of really crappy 
content out there on every app store out there. Sounds a lot if you if you're listening, right? Uh, like the uh, like the, the the video game bubble that happened with with Atari and and before they were licensing games, so on and so forth. I could see that happening in the mobile gaming space by the year 2019. What he said. No, good. That was easy. <laughs> easy button. Yeah, it was nice. Um, all right, so I, I'm going to leave this one for you because uh, you know I, this, this could go a lot of different ways. Um, Morgan asks, "What are the th- what are the three things you want to see in tomorrow's Nintendo Direct?" Oh, that's the first Nintendo right. Direct in months. Since, tomorrow. since so, so the first Nintendo Direct since Satoru Iwata died uh, yeah. this summer, man, things to see. Uh, I'd like. I don't think so. I don't think it'll be there. But hope I would like to hear more about the NX. Yes. Uh, which is more and more evidence points to it coming out next year. So. Yep. I don't expect to hear much about it until E3, honestly, but yeah. you never know. Um, I'd like to see more about the new Legend of Zelda, which I have some inside information on that I cannot share, but it sounds pretty amazing. Okay. Uh, a, 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 a few deviations from the formula, which is something I've been wanting for a while, actually. I mean, I love Zelda, but it's like, okay, come on, let's let's mix some th- things up here. Yeah. Um, and more Smash Brothers stuff. Smash Brothers stuff is always good. Oh yeah, I got to get on that too. That's that's at the top of my Christmas list this year. Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got Mario uh, Maker on my Christmas list. That's another good one. That's a good one too. Maybe I can we can get a two for one. Um, Anuvong asks, considering that most are deemed bad games, do you guys have a favorite video game that is based off of a movie license? Sure. Yep. Next question. Yeah. All right. Great. <laughs> uh, mine's Here. probably still, mine's probably still to this day Goldeneye. That was just a magical game, uh, so well based on a movie title and movie property. That might be the best. Honestly. It just treated James Bond perfectly. Goldeneye was a great movie too. It was a great James Bond yes. movie. Yes. Um, oh, I gotta see Spectre. I hear that's really good. I'm really excited Did, to see. You heard it's really good. I've actually heard it's the worst movie of the Daniel Craig era. No, can't be worse than Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace is pretty bad. I, I I heard Spectre was solid. I am most excited to see Christoph Waltz because I love him. I love him. He's he's like born to play a Bond villain. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, um, no, there's actually quite a few good video games based off of movie licenses. Uh, more recently, the Back to the Future game by Telltale is pretty decent, um, mm-hmm. mostly for its story. Uh and the Ghostbusters game that came out uh, a few years ago as well, that was written by Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd, yeah, totally feels like it could have been the plot to Ghostbusters three, right? So it might as well you might as well take it to be, um, <laughs> so just just do it, just yeah. Um, Techie asks, popular content on YouTube isn't as bad as popular mobile apps, despite even less investment and an even lower barrier to entry. Why? So I think this touches on something you and I have discussed before, mm-hmm. which is we think PewDiePie and the popularity therein is another kind of bubble because it's it's the same kind of ephemeral thing. It's here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. The 12-year-olds that love PewDiePie will not be 12 for long and probably won't care about PewDiePie in about two years. It's, it's, or, it's very strange It's because that is, that is a key to success on YouTube – when you, I've, I've discovered this as the more I think about it, the more I witness children watching YouTube, 
or anything for that matter. Yeah. And it makes me remind myself when I was a kid and I would watch yeah. something like Aladdin or back to the future three times a day, you know, kids love to watch the same thing over and over. They will watch the same YouTube video when they have access to when, when it's like, there's a 10 minute video and they'll watch the same thing over and over. Like some of the most pop, like, like some of the most watched videos on YouTube that are not music videos are like Misha and the bear or something like that, <laughs> which is like a, I almost said Soviet, like a Russian cartoon. Soviet. <laughs> this is 1985. <laughs> in Soviet Russia, bear eats you. Wait, as opposed hey, to you eat the, bear? Hey, uh, the Kansas City Royals did win the World Series, so well, it could be 1985. That's random, so okay. Yeah. <laughs> but my point being is that, oh, this is a big question. You can, if you, if you uh, appeal to children and young teenagers you are and can somehow break them, you know, get a little lucky. You can make bank on YouTube right now. Yeah. The question is, how much longer will that be the case? Will the uh, ad revenue base be there? Uh, I can say one thing is that in the past five years, I've noticed that the payout per, you know, the CPM, uh, mm -hmm. all this lingo, basically the money that you get for every however many views or clicks on the ad, blah, blah, blah. They've definitely dropped. Oh, um, yeah. It's it's become watered down. It, yeah, as, yep. as, as the ad companies realize more and more the value of these things, whether they're actually getting anything out of them, how to better target people. Exactly. It's, it's evolving. I don't know if it's a bubble that will pop. I mean, I don't see it being... They're business models that are evolving. Though. It's not quite as crazy as some of the stuff we're seeing. Like no one's paying PewDiePie a billion dollars to lock him up in some sort of ad deal. But no. um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. If no, but the fact forever. that he's making fifty million dollars—that—that's just—it's it's not fifty million, is it? It's fifty million. No, last I heard it was four. It's fifty million. Forbes, go check it out, buddy. You're, you're making it up. I'm not making it up. You're Philip. I'll crap. even send you the link. You're Philip. You yeah, jerk. Hey, it's ten o'clock. You know what that means means you're going to turn into a pumpkin. Boop. That was the sound of me turning into a pumpkin. Uh, yeah, no. So, um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> nope. You just you just totally turned into a pumpkin and now we have to end the show. The end. That means Yep. Even though we started 15 minutes late, it's what happens. Uh, all right. So, um, folks, uh, sorry for the uh, abbreviated show this evening, mostly because of our our continued horrible technical issues. Uh, our, our thanks to Microsoft for making us late, but for <laughs> keeping the show up. So at least they got that with that going for them. Um, and I did find out that the people that were troubleshooting my Windows 10 and trying to help me were actually trying to solve a problem that I didn't have uh, on Windows 7. So I'm like, no, 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 I'm trying to solve this problem with Windows 10. I'm fine on Windows 7. So anyway, thank you. Thank you, Microsoft. Maybe, maybe a Snapchat may, uh, ran Skype. Things would be better. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't count on that happening anytime soon. Um, we will be back in two weeks, inevitably, and hopefully at that point uh, we will have a uh, a handle on this whole internet issue, and, and maybe Skype can get its act together. Man, we're gonna have a, a, a pre-Thanksgiving episode. That's good. That's a good thing. Ooh, we should come up with a good related topic. We're gonna we're gonna have a show. Well, yeah, we'll have a show for things we're we're thankful for. It'll be good. We're thankful for Windows 10. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, and, and from what I understand, it's you know those things are going to go from like gentle suggestions to upgrade now, or I'm turning off your start menu. <laughs> anyway, another whole another whole conversation for a different time. Um, 
anyway, so we'll be back in two weeks, folks. Uh, sorry again for the abridged show, but uh, next time, I assure you, it will be all of us in our great glory with all three sections of the program. Don't worry. We had, we had all three this time. It was just a little abridged. Yeah, really abbreviated. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's fine. Yeah. Um, until next time, anyway. So, uh, you know, have fun. Play games. We'll see you guys next time. For the for Rue, I am the Commodore from the Echo Screen Live, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. And there is no reset button. Be excellent to each other. Good night and good luck. Party on, dudes. I don't know what that was. I apologize. <laughs> Pilling Ted's excellent answer. Seen the the. I got uh, I got no time for an outro. You go with that. Uh